You're listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Hi, and welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. I am Andrew Berkshire from Game Over on the SDPN, or, and I am with Mary Clark from For the Win. You can follow us at Andrew Berkshire and at Mary C. Clark on Twitter, and you can also follow the show at Crosscheck NHL. Make sure that you follow the podcast everywhere you can get podcasts. Or I guess I subscribe is the more accurate term. We've got a great show for you today on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to talk about uh, some depressing things like the continual COVID updates in a series of brutal days for the NHL. But then we're going to talk to Tony Ferrari about the World Junior Hockey Championships that are coming up over the Christmas holidays, which is extremely exciting because we're going to get to watch hockey that's wild and not overcoached and it's much more entertaining than the NHL product if I do say so myself and I'm excited to do that because I get to host a post game show about it and I've been hosting a post game show about a team with 6 wins and 30 games so talking about team Canada is going to be a lot more fun than that I think there's a good chance the team Canada by the end of that tournament will have as many wins as the Montreal Canadiens do right now so Mary before we get into that uh How's it been the last couple of days? How have you been feeling about the NHL's, like, yeah, we're going to talk about the COVID thing, but how have you been feeling personally about how things have been going in terms of the COVID and the new Omicron variant and seeing how this is playing out in sports? It feels, it's rough, Andrew. I hate to, I hate to, you know, bring down the mood because we're going to bring down the mood a lot. It's rough. It, it kind of reminds me of way back in, what, March 2020 when the pandemic all started and like, there was just, there was a Rudy Gobert feeling. Hey? Yeah, there was just there's just news one after another, um, and then obviously it got to be so much that the NHL paused the season. That all happened within a very short amount of time, but it it feels like that. I I, I think we're going to talk about if the NHL is going to pause the season, but that that's just kind of the vibe I got in terms of all the news happening, and it's just been very depressing to read. And I mean, we talked about it last time with the stuff related to the Olympics. Um, which we will discuss in this, uh, because like I said last time, they're intrinsically linked with one another. Um, and I mean, as everything goes with the pandemic, everything is basically, you know, linked back to the pandemic. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it is the way it is, but it's just, it's sad. It's, um, it's, it sucks that it's distracting from hockey in general. I mean, like, you know, we should be, if this was like a normal year, we should be having a good time with it all. But we're, it really feels like we're back to 2020 all over again. And it just sucks. And, you know, we're continuing into what, nearly year three of this pandemic, we're getting close to it. Maybe, I don't know, the years all blend together, year two, year three, who's to say, but it's just been a very long time. Um, it, it sucks all around. I hope the players that have, you know, contracted COVID are doing okay. I mean, because we've talked about it before that, you know, this can have lingering effects on you. So I hope most it is just, you know, either close contacts or there's no symptoms. Um, it's just, it's sucky all around. And it sucks to have to continue talking about this every episode because like, it feels like we're, we're right back at it where it's just COVID updates and nothing, you know, fun. There's no John Tortorella to go like to talk about today. It's just all COVID stuff. Yeah, we're not dunking on someone. We're just fretting and worrying. I, I won't yeah. lie. When the NHL came out and there was like 24, 25 different cases within a 36-hour span, I started to spiral a little bit because, you know, the last time that things like this started to happen and like the spread was this fast, 
I mean, my job went into the shitter, right? Yep. Like I, I lost my job essentially, not immediately, but things stopped. So I stopped getting paid. And then we had like the playoffs that came back in the bubble. Then after that, uh, right around Christmas time last year, it's about been about a year. I got laid off. Yeah. So I was like, don't oh, worry, God, I'm oh, there. God, oh, God. I'm there with you yeah. too because I I lost my job too because of the pandemic. Um, obviously I lost it in the summer when there were no sports happening. So it took a little bit to get to that point, but it's it is. <laughs> you know you kind of you do spiral back to those moments of like oh god not again i can't do this again i only just got this job i'm i mean you may be feeling it more than me because you directly do stuff based on hockey games itself i can at least write about other things i mean i've written a whole bunch of christmas content over the past couple days that have gotten you know people really mad at me so you know i at least can branch out a little bit more you are stuck directly in you know in the path of hockey and that is it's a it's a terrifying feeling i think we're all just kind of feeling this way in general and it sucks it sucks because it's around the holidays too and usually this is a very nice time of year for a lot of people so we're just it's a lot of conflicting emotions out there right now i think yeah i mean i read your uh, breakdown of the worst christmas songs of all time <laughs> okay and i have to say i disagree but that's okay. Well, it's a topic for another It's time. okay. People were like, I disagree with half, but I agree with half. How does that work? Well, and I like- mean, yeah, some of them were very accurate. Yeah. Very accurate. And I understood, I understood your methodology. It was all about the Christmas spirit. The Christmas spirit. That. Yeah. Did you read my best right. Christmas songs, though? No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't see that one going around. Everyone always posts the ones that they get mad at. Yeah, right? that's why. That's why I picked that one to do first. And then my uh, my bosses were like, "Hey, do you want to do the best Christmas songs to try and capitalize on the content?" I'm like, "I will, but it's not gonna. It's not going to hit nearly as well as the worst Christmas songs because people love to disagree with things." So this is true. It's all in well, good yeah, fun. Definitely send me that one. Yeah. after the show. Yeah, it's I'll, all in good I'll fun though. I definitely read recommend reading it. But just so you know, it's just for fun. It's just Christmas songs. You're allowed to like what you like. These are my personal favorites and least favorites but christmas shoes though the worst absolutely the worst <laughs> i think we could all universally agree on that it's the worst song. yeah yeah so i was like like you i was spiraling a little bit i was getting a little bit worried and like you said my stuff a lot of it deals directly with hockey i have the stuff for uh that i do for a betting site and i have my post game shows but uh, obviously this show i think would go on we'd find something to talk about it might not be directly about hockey but we could get into other things uh we could talk about other hockey stuff that's happened you know maybe we'd have more time for women's hockey i saw last night you know mary philippe poulin scored an overtime again to uh take a win over the will she retire can she please retire i've had enough (laughs) i've had enough of this I, it's just oh, like this is, I've so been many times too now. many times it's just oh it sucks i mean it's great she's she an incredible is, player but god she's a goddamn hero as far oh. as hockey can go she is absolutely incredible what like i've never seen anyone like it it sucks that i'm american i'd love to root for her but i can root for her right? when she's not playing team usa she seems like a great person <laughs> just a, an incredible hockey player so you guys are super lucky to have her it's just oh being on the other side is miserable because you just know the dagger <laughs> is coming it's just it's just a matter of when at that point not if yeah absolutely so that was fun but uh you know i talked to adam wild and he basically was like listen if even if it's not a post game show the show goes on we're gonna keep doing something there's lots of stuff to talk about and i was like okay i was heartened by that 
So at least a lot of my stuff would keep going. So I kind of calmed down a little bit. And then I talked to a few friends and you're looking around and you're saying like, okay, all these guys are on the COVID protocol list, but you're talking to people around the league and because they're vaccinated, nobody's actually that sick, right? So there's the thing with this variant is like, yes, it's very contagious, hyper contagious, but and I know there's like caution against people believing that it's like too like super mild. It is more mild, but it's also more mild because ever, like most people are vaccinated, right? So there are going to be people who are very negatively affected by this variant. There will be breakthrough cases too where people get sick. Very few, right? And especially now that the the booster shot is going out to a lot of people. You know, even in Ontario now, it's everyone 18 plus is eligible for a booster. I'm hoping we get that in Quebec soon, but it seems like it's still more focused on uh, seniors at the moment. But for the most part, I think even though the spread is going to be crazy and there's a chance of overwhelming the hospital system for the average person, the risk is just not as great anymore because we have, number one, the vaccines. And number two, now there's this pill come out from Pfizer, which can treat the symptoms of COVID should you catch it and it be bad. So there's there's medical treatments now that exist. It's not like the first wave where people were going to the hospital and they didn't know what to do and people were just like drowning on their own bodily fluids in their lungs. Like that's terrifying. It's still that terrifying for people without the vaccine, you know, like go get the damn vaccine. Yeah, science works but for guys. the most part. Please. Yes. Science works and we've got Science does work. And we've got, you know, ample evidence to showcase that it does. So, please. Absolutely. So like it's scary for those people and man, like the entire Calgary Flames outside of two players are in protocol now, I yeah, think it's, it's it's nuts. But I'm not sure we're going to get to a point where the league is going to shut down this year. Mm-hmm. The actual nice thing is like I think the Olympics are gone. Like, yeah. For the men's, the NHL players, they're not going. It's just, it's not going to fit. But because the schedule has that three-week break set in, they can now reschedule games, right? I mean, it's so, going to be tough, though, because I think one of the, I think it's going to be tough because of arena um, scheduling. Mm. That's the, that's, it's, that's true. That's one of the weird things. I mean, we're kind of jumping all over the place in this COVID section, even though we really, I guess, didn't like technically start it. But yeah, we're, at, from what I know, um, arenas you know have obviously like one of the big things about nhl schedule making is trying to go around arena availability so i don't obviously i don't know full arena availability but that that might be a difficulty in terms of trying to reschedule games my hope is that they use that three-week break mostly as a three-week break i know people want them to do some sort of world cup of hockey now no one's gonna care about that um, obviously the all-star game, as long as it's, you know, I, I think the all-star game could probably happen. Maybe. Um, also, because I'd be that, fine if they canceled the, all-star I mean, I'd be fine too, really but care. that's, that's a big revenue generator for the NHL and yeah. they haven't had a lot of those. It doesn't feel like, so I can see why they want to keep that. But other than that, just let everybody take a rest for three weeks and then come back and start the season again if they have to cut the season short. I mean, I know they don't want to do that, but or extend the season a little bit longer um, and move the playoffs further into the summer like they did before. But I, I really yeah. hope they take that time and use it to rest, reset, you know, try and get everybody on the same page. I mean, get people 
you know, boosted if, you know, if a lot of people aren't by then already. It just, you know, I, I hope they take that time to reset themselves. Um, and it sucks. We're, we're basically throwing out the Olympics now. Um, even though uh, Stamkos said he was interested, but Eric Carlson said he's not. Um, so we're already starting to see NHL players kind of take stances. But I who's to say what happens in the end? But it really feels like we're hurtling towards the uh, NHL players aren't going to go. But... Yeah, although there is one sticking point there, is if we get to the point where NHLers get their uh, booster shot before they have to make a decision on the Olympics, I can still see them going because the results from that booster shot, the like the trials that they've done, are absolutely incredible in fending off the Omicron variant. Now, by that time, who knows, there could be another variant because yeah. this stupid thing won't go away. But we have to also remain like keep the door open for positivity that maybe yeah things could settle there and there a, can be enough to the nhlers decide that they want to go and 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 take that risk there is a path and forward that, here there really there is, is a path forward and that's nice we just need to see if they will take it <laughs> that's the real yes. that's the real issue here is because um it i'm not sure what it's like for the average nhler but it feels like given everything it might be harder for them to get a booster because it was already i think difficult to begin with to get um everybody pretty much everybody vaccinated so who's to say if you know they'll go that route but that is you know there there is a path forward here but and you're right it's not all doom and gloom if you are like science works if you are vaccinated you are at a very very like like you're not as much of a high risk in terms of getting like sick and going to the hospital. So you are, you're very, you're pretty safe in that regard. So please just, you know, trust science, get your, get your vaccine, get your boosters. Um, but for the, in the short term though, the NHL is um, enacting advanced COVID protocol restrictions um, until January 7th, I believe. So that's like restrictions on dining, more mandatory va mask wearing. I think Elliot Friedman had a bit of a, better breakdown of it but uh they're trying things in the short term to alleviate as best they can i suppose but who's to say if it's going to work it might be kind of too little too late at this point but yeah i'm not I sure i mean i i think the the covid restrictions are good i know it's tough for everyone i mean i i don't want to deal with the restrictions anymore either like nobody does yeah i mean you have necessary been evil in canada i mean i don't know they are they talking about locking down again that's not really a thing here in america i don't i don't think they're talking about locking down yet but they are thinking of more restrictions like already um we've been told in most provinces to limit our christmas celebrations to uh, some areas are like two households some areas are maximum 10 people and then there's Alberta who are like, whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter <laughs> because it's Alberta. But uh, for the most part, for us, it doesn't really matter anyway because our family lives 3,000 kilometers away or 4,000 kilometers away, uh, almost 3,000 miles away for the American listeners. It's just a lot of miles. I was just like, that's it's a, a lot, lot of miles. miles. So it's, okay. it's a lot of miles. So there, there's like not like for a lot of people, it's just it doesn't really change their behavior. It's not going to change our behavior that much either. Yeah, I mean, I'm still so going to the to the movies tomorrow to see Spider-Man, which. I yes, will, so am I. We're going to not backing out of that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. And like, we're going to talk about that stuff in pop culture segment. There is, you know, levity coming, I swear. But yes, it is. It That's that it's good and bad because maybe yeah. a lockdown would help. But we all know how 
tiring and depressing the past couple of years have been. It's just, you know, seeing all this stuff in the news doesn't help. You can definitely go back to your patterns of, like, doom scrolling, as it were. Um, And it's tough, but you have to remember that, you know, there is a a way forward. And even if we don't get NHLers at the Olympics, there will be more Olympics in the future. And And the fact is... Just like the last Olympics, if we don't get NHLers in the Olympics, there's more focus on the women's tournament. Yeah. And not that there wouldn't be anyway, but we always get the best hockey in the Olympics at the women's gold medal game. Oh, it's going to so be great. It's going to be fantastic. I'm still going to be hype about that. We're still probably going to be doing uh, post-game shows for that on my show mm-hmm. on uh, Game Over International, which will be Game Over Olympics oh, when that happens. I'm, so I'm not prepared for the heartbreak. I know it's coming. Yeah. I know. I know. Mary Philippe Poulin's just like she's getting everybody like ready. Like I said, it's not if it's when at this point. I know, I know it's there. It's it's always it's always waiting to tear me down at the last moment. But it, yeah, it the makes trick for is entertaining to avoid hockey. overtime. Yeah, that's true. But it makes for incredible hockey. It really does. Yeah, so it does. Yeah. So to finish up this segment, like if you would have asked me yet uh, yesterday or the day before if I thought the NHL was going to pause the season, I would have said yes, and probably within like a couple of weeks. And now I'm at the point where I just don't think they will. I think that they're going to power through and individual teams will stop just like last year. And we're probably not going to see as much of an impact of COVID on the rosters in terms of like players getting held out long term simply because they're all vaccinated and they'll get over it and be back in the lineup and it'll mostly be okay so hopefully we don't get any breakthrough cases where anything really bad happens uh, obviously for everyone not just nhlers but uh, i think they're gonna power through this season yeah i think that that makes sense and like i said before i think that the, if they use that break um as like an actual break and try not to you know do any shenanigans in there to try and get more hockey i think i think if they can power through till that break i think it'll be you know beneficial for everybody because that's what in like in less than two months now so yeah yeah it's it's, it's coming up and fast. also don't they don't they break for a few days for christmas or am i just misremembering did they not did they not do that this year like two or three days yeah it's the, like christmas christmas eve and christmas day and maybe boxing day for the nhl but the world juniors start boxing day so yeah so right but that's a good transition to our interview sorry to transition your transition for me? but yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no that's all right go for I mean, it go for it We're going to talk to Tony Ferrari, who is a scout who works for various services. He is a expert on junior hockey, and I actually just had him on Game Over Montreal the other day, and we had a fantastic discussion on uh, the Canadians' prospects, but this is going to be a focus on the general world juniors' prospects, and it's really exciting to have Tony on, but first, before we do, I've got to tell you about Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who you, who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This never-before-seen innovation of fantasy sports and is a sports betting hybrid has <clears throat> Sorry, that is a sports betting hybrid, has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. 
With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take that bet because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy hockey should be, one-on-one. Sign up for free right now at StatHero.com hockey. Use the promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's StatHero.com hockey. Use promo code hockey for a 100% match. StatHero.com hockey. Promo code hockey. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Crosscheck NHL show. Mary and I are joined by a brilliant person, a scout extraordinaire, Tony Ferrari. How's it going, Tony? Oh, I'm, I'm doing good. Senators fans don't like me today, but other than that, I'm doing good. <laughs> it's, it's Senators fans like anybody. Uh, they like Drake Batherson. Yes. A lot. But they don't I think. I mean, yeah, I think we should just, you know, highlight the, you know, notable uh, message here is never tweet is the is the lesson. Uh, we've all learned fair, here very fair. The worst <laughs> part is yesterday I even tweeted out. I'm like, sometimes the best tweets are the ones you never send. And it was about this. And then I, today I was like, no, but I chose violence. I'm just going for it. <laughs> just getting... At least you recognize what you did. You know, I that's, mean, that's oh, all I was good. fully ready for what came to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tony, you're not afraid of uh, a hot take. You got in your Twitter profile, hot dogs with peanut butter. What oh, is going that... on here? Okay, okay, please explain that, please. This is something I've been on for a few years now because I did. I thought it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. And then a guy at work was like, no, you got to try it. We're having a barbecue. He's like, just try it finally because he's been pumping it for a few years. So uh, with an all beef hot dog, you grill it up nice. You put a little bit of peanut butter on the bun. And oh, that's something special. That's a, that's mm. a discovery I'm very happy about. And Because I didn't like hot dogs before that. But now I'll eat a hot dog. Huh, interesting. I mean, I'm at least it's just peanuts, a little so bit. Not for Ooh, me. Oh, that's interesting to know. I did not know that. Andrew. You I'm may not want to try it then. <laughs> no, no, probably not. Don't need to end up in the hospital. No. Been there before. Yeah. So uh, hot dogs with peanut butter. For those not allergic to peanut butter, apparently you got to try it, according to Tony. So let's get into some other hot takes here, Tony. Uh, we're going to start it on the uh, scorned side. Looking at the World Junior roster so far, who are the most notable cuts or people who just weren't invited at all? Uh, I think the biggest one you can start with is Team Canada not even inviting Grant Clark to camp. Uh, the best def- best right-handed defenseman in Canada, pretty clearly, I'd say. Um, and he just didn't even get the invite to camp. And their excuse was, oh, we wanted a certain type of player. We wanted guys that can do this, that, and the other thing. But, I mean, Brent Clark is leading the OHL defenders in scoring. He's leading CHL defenders in scoring at the time. And in all honesty, he's better than almost everyone on this roster. Like, I, I love a lot of the guys on this roster. And the back end looks a lot better than I thought it was going to originally. But, man, like losing him and then losing Jack Thompson to COVID right away – it, it left them with no right-handed defenseman on the roster and only one in camp. So it was kind of weird to see the entire left-handed defensive core. Yeah, it, that was a, a pretty big one. I, I read some people saying that he's really bad defensively or maybe not necessarily bad, but uh, we'll say unstructured defensively. Would you say that's accurate? I mean, they have Lucas Cormier on the team. <laughs> so yeah, sure, he's bad defensively, but like, there's at least three guys, four guys on this team that I'd say are worse defensively. And when you're, you can drive play the way Brant Clark does, I don't think it's, it's really all that justifiable, to be completely honest. Interesting. So maybe it's just a Mike Babcock situation and they just wanted all lefties. Oh, it's, it's a weird one. But, I mean, they're Canada, so they're able to leave off a couple of good players and still be a metal favorite. So I'm not going to be shocked if they still go for the gold. 
Yeah, yeah I was going to say something they know. do every year almost, right? Is like there's always some notable cut. Sorry to jump over you there. Mary, no, no, but- no. There's always one notable, you know, cut or a player that, you know, makes the team that you weren't expecting. So this I mean, even Team USA also does this, too. It's just it's hockey men going to hockey men. I think at this point that they, oh, they yeah. want certain types of players on their team and. You know, even though Twitter.com seems to think that they could build a better, uh, better uh, <laughs> roster, uh, the hockey men want their way and their way only. Yeah. And then on top of the guys who were left off for hockey man reasons, there's also the COVID whole, the whole COVID situation. And yeah. now there's been a lot made of uh, Aturati. Is that how you pronounce that properly? Yeah, Aturatu. He's got left off because oh, of the COVID. Um, there, there's a few guys on different teams that got left off of COVID. And, but I think the, the one guy that people are talking about that, got left off his roster just for not being good is, is a draft eligible for this year. Ivan Moroshnichenko on Russia. Uh, he's been up at number two on a lot of boards. Uh, Bob McKenzie, Craig Button both had him there early in the year. I'm sure if their boards were released a little bit more recently, they'd probably be further down because he has not had a good season. And uh, the coach just straight up said, yeah, we didn't bring him because he wasn't in shape. Like at the end of the Ouch. day, that, that's what it came down to. Yeah, that is. That's, it's That's a rough one. Yeah. I mean, that is a, uh, you know, definitely a, person spiraling down in the draft a little bit but you kind of hope that well it depends i guess which which team you are you know the you know he doesn't rebound and you pick up a steal uh later in the first round or you know he rebounds and gets to go back to being one of the top draft picks for next year but that's interesting though a very damning statement to hear from your coach that you are not in shape at all and not ready to play in the world juniors so yeah, and I think it's it sucks for Aturatu specifically, as you, you mentioned, Andrew, because he he was that guy last year. He fell from being a top two or three pick at the start of the year to being picked in the second round, 52nd overall by the Islanders. And he's done nothing but be amazing this year. So it's like he's having that redemption tour, and this was going to be the big stage for him to do it on again. And he's unfortunately not going to get that, but he's had a good season in the Liga and in, in, in uh, Finland. So hopefully he can continue, continue that once he gets healthy. Which team do you think is most negatively affected by the guys that they've lost due to COVID? It's got to be Finland, right? Yeah, probably Finland. Just because Aturatu was supposed to be a number one center. Uh, a couple other guys that they've lost just were supposed to be key, key factors on that team. But uh, with Finland specifically, I think it gives a guy like Brad Lambert, who is also tumbling down boards a little bit in, in, on the draft this year, uh, an opportunity because he was the guy that everyone was hyped up for the start of the year. And he's had a slow start to the year. He's but he's kind of had that Lucas Raymond effect. He's doing everything you want him to do. He's just not finding the back of the net. So a guy like Cam, a guy like Joaquin Kamel, another draft eligible for this year, they're going to get opportunities to score and be in big moments now this year. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what Finland can do because Finland's always that team that everyone discounts and then ends up winning a medal somehow. Especially lately, it's been the three countries, Finland, USA, and Canada who've split the last like nine years i think uh, or maybe even Pretty 10 much. years between those three teams and is there i mean we asked chris peters this uh, the last time when we had him on to preview the world juniors about a i guess three weeks ago maybe mary but three weeks close see, to a month yeah yeah so do you think uh, looking at how things have changed here do guys left off and the roster is actually being named that there's a chance of a team not in those three countries actually breaking through and winning i think the the u.s is going to be good canada is going to be good Finland's going to be good, obviously. I think Sweden's got a pretty decent roster. I think they, they also had a, a questionable leave-off and not bring William Wallander, but they have Jesper Wallstep back there, and they have a solid group of forwards that can kind of score throughout the lineup, so they're going to be good as well. And Russia's always an interesting team at this event. They, they kind of always seem to lower themselves 
compared to their expectations, but they've got Askarov, who's going to be the most senior goalie in this tournament uh, this year. And hopefully he can hold onto his stick this year. Cause if he can, he's an outstanding goalie. It's just when he starts to get completely wild and, and crazy that he starts to have concerns. But I mean, there's other teams too. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked to see a, a team like Slovakia provide some, provide some fight because they've got a, a young fast skilled team i don't think they're going to medal but they're going to be a team that i won't be shocked if they upset one of those those top three teams in group b very interesting and that group b is in like that is a group from hell oh. <laughs> yeah really we talked a. about it we talked about it with uh chris peters i was looking up specifically what teams uh are are in that group but it seems to be um russia united states sweden slovakia and switzerland is in group b and that is a that is going to be a massacre I feel so bad for Switzerland because they don't have a strong team this year. And Slovakia is actually going to be pretty decent because of some of the young talent. And then those three teams at the top, it, it, Switzerland's going to have a tough time. Yeah, yeah. Slovakia, I saw it was listed at something like 2000 to one or something to win the tournament. Should I place 10 bucks on Slovakia? <laughs> I'm not saying I haven't placed money on Slovakia, but I definitely would recommend that you do just to mm. do anything because they, they're, they've got this like crazy young team who's got a ton of skill and they're going to be led by a few draft eligibles and, and a 2005 born kid, uh, Dalibor Dvorsky, who's like one of my favorite prospects for next year's draft. Uh, he completely tore up the Helenka. He was one of the best players there. And he, he do out dueled Matvey Michkov in a, in a in, at the tournament almost like they matched each other scoring wise for the entire tournament. And Dalibor was even more impactful for Slovakia than he, Michkov was for Russia at times. So man, like it's going to be fun to see even those two young kids get involved in this tournament. Yeah, it's, it's always fun to watch the kids kind of take over it. It's one of the most fun things about this tournament is it's a lot of guys who are too young to understand that they're not the favorites and they're just going to go all out and crazy things happen. It's the best thing about junior hockey, right, is it's unpredictable. A team that can be up five to nothing could easily lose six, five, which I oh, think yeah. we actually saw Team Canada do that. Not recently, but relatively recently within the last 10 or so years. So it's uh, it's always fun to see the craziness of junior hockey. We're going to take a short break and then we're going to be back. We're going to get a list of Tony's players to watch and we're going to go over the uh, tournament favorites. And I'm going to ask a couple of other crazy random questions right after this. Got beard, get primal. You heard me right. Got beard, get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who's never considered the benefits of treating your beard with a product. Primal Origins oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients with a low impact on our planet. Primal Origin, or Primal Origin oils makes balms, oils, whipped and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. The Combo Kids Combo Kits make a great holiday gift if you're shopping for yourself. You'll be glad you did. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in the beard to other products you've used. We promise that you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Use the code LOCKEDON at checkout for 20% off. That's PrimalOriginOils.com. And we're back with Tony Ferrari and uh, Mary Clark is here with me. We're talking world juniors. So Tony, who are your top players to watch in this tournament that people might not be so familiar with? Well, I'll, I'll start with the, the young kids, the 2005 born guys and Matt Bimichka, Dalibor Dvorsky, and, and even Connor Bedard, if he gets in the lineup for Canada, like I think he's 
uh, if I'm just looking at the Canadian roster, like this kid should be on the second, third line, but he's young and Canada doesn't love young players for whatever reason. Um, but as for Matt Bay Mitchkov in, in Dalibor, with Mitchkov in Russia, he's gotten around that whole Russians don't like playing anyone that's not 19 at this tournament thing. He's going to be at this tournament as a 16-year-old and he's going to be probably their best player. I wouldn't be shocked to see him be near the, the scoring lead for the entire tournament even. And as for Dalibor on, on Slovakia, the kid's got a crazy shot. Like I won't be shocked to see him put up six goals at this tournament with whatever Slovakia does, especially if they can kind of get into the, those elimination games and do some, do some damage. But I think the Canadian roster has a ton of guys to watch. I think a guy like Kent Johnson, we haven't really seen him at camp yet because of his co- the COVID issues at Michigan, but he's on the roster. He's expected to play a big role. Uh, Mason McTavish, Shane Wright, like that entire top line is going to be pretty ridiculous for Canada. Dylan Genther as well. But you go through the other lineups, and I think Finland's got a few guys to watch. I think Joachim Kumel, uh, Brad Lambert, they've got uh, Topi Niemela back on the back end, who's probably going to compete for defenseman of the tournament yet again. Uh, uh, Oliver Kapanen, who's a Habs prospect, who I, I really like. He, he's the kind of guy that wins Finland games at this tournament because as Finland does, they play this incredible two-way structured game, and then they strike when the, the iron's hot, and they, they score the timely goal, and Kapanen's been known to be that guy. Billy Koivinen is another one for them that, that could be the heir. And, and then I think the, the big names to watch for a couple of the other co- big countries like Russia and, and Sweden are, are the goalies. Jesper Wallstedt, I think this is going to be his coming out party. He's going to be motivated going, you know what, I should have been the first goalie taken in the draft last year. I didn't. I, Kosa went ahead of him five spots. And I, I want to see a Canada-Sweden el- elimination game so bad and just watch those two goalies duel it out and, and at least take temporary bragging rights for who the better goalie is. And then in Russia, I think this is going to be Askarov's real coming out party. I think we've we've criticized him a few times at the last couple of World Juniors because he was a starter at 17. Well, he started a lot of games at 17. He was a starter last year at 18. Now that he's 19, he's going to be the oldest goalie starting at this tournament, if I'm not mistaken. And he's, in my opinion, the best goalie at this tournament with the only one really challenging him is Jesper Wallstedt. So it's going to be a fun tournament. And there's lots of names. I love yeah, a good absolutely. goalie duo. I love a good goalie duel. That's awesome. I really. And I remember watching happens. the draft. La- I mean, I say last year, but in the off season and watching Wallstrom fall, and especially when the Oilers had a chance to pick him, and I was like, okay, there's no way, there's no way that they don't pick him because they've got nothing in the system. They desperately need this guy. They were like, mm, other person. <laughs> but to be fair to the Oilers, the guy that they picked, Xavier Borgo. Uh, has 42 points in 24 games this year in the queue. So he's a, a bad scoring start. machine. Yeah, 22 goals in 24 games. Yeah, but their goaltending hopes are I all know. on. Uh, are on still on Mike Smith. Basically, 40 ah! year old Mike Smith. So you know, Mike it, Smith, who's old enough to be all of our grandfathers. Oh God. Yeah. yeah I mean, speaking much. of being old, when you dropped players that were born in 2005. 2005. Yeah. Oh my, it God. hurts me. My stomach just I mean, dropped. I'm younger. I'm younger than Andrew, but even even I was like I want to shrivel up uh, and die. I graduated high school in 2005. Oh god. Oh, oh no. Oh, it just it's, it hurts. It's painful. Oh mm-hmm. my god. That's just that's a kick and in it's the... only going to get it's only going to get worse from each world juniors on Andrew, yep. I hate to say it. It's only going to get worse. I mean, it I was a shock to me when kids in the tournament were like, and this kid was born after 9-11. And I was like, what? How is <laughs> yeah. that possible? <laughs> like in, in the line of work I do with prospects and stuff, like I get parents messaging me and stuff like that. And I recently had someone message me and be like, oh, yeah, this is my son. Blah blah. blah. So I like quickly typed his name into elite prospects because I had no clue who he was. 
and it was like born 2007. I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm not watching this kid yet. Second of all, <laughs> get out of my face with a 2007 born child. That's not someone I'm watching. Like, that's not fair. Like, this is, I'm getting too old, too old for this. I mean, it's going to get to a point soon where the parents of the kids and juniors are going to be younger than me. And I'm going to be like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah, that's, that's life. All right. So we, t- we talked about the players to watch. Uh, tournament favorites are the next one is the next one. Uh, Canada obviously is always a favorite, but have failed to be consistent in this tournament over the last decade or so after they won five straight. Are they in a position to dominate this tournament or are they just one of the good teams? I think they're one of the good teams. I don't think they're in a position to dominate. Um, you, you look at the rest of this, this kind of group that they're in, I think they'll pretty much run the table in their group. I think Finland's really their only competition. They are they have a really easy group. Like, I'd say there's four teams in the other group that are better than anyone else other than Canada-Finland in that group, so they're, they're going to make it through the group stage pretty easily, but I think that group of death over on the other side, if, if they don't beat up on each other and, and really kind of wear each other down, one of those teams is going to challenge them because it, it, Russia, US, Sweden, they're all really good rosters. I think the US... The U.S. is going to be interesting this year because they don't really have that star forward up front. They, they don't have the guy that's going to carry the load offensively. I think Matty Beneers is, is one of my favorite players to watch, but he is really that two-way kind of responsible center. I think he's going to score quite a bit at this tournament, but it's going to come because he has to be the guy, not because he is the guy. Uh, with Russia, I think you've got a ton of offensive talent, and as, as typical, there's a blue line of guys that you're like, oh, okay, sure, like let's bring them, I guess, because they're of age. And, and then they got the, the great goalie. So I think Russia, Sweden, they're going to rely on their goalies a lot and then rely on some of their forwards to score. But it, it's a weird tournament because I don't think any team is really completely dominant, in, including Canada. Super fun. Uh, of the 2021 drafted players, who do you think is going to have the biggest impact on their team? There's a few guys oh. that uh, were released, you know, not necessarily last minute, but uh, they were maybe unexpected to be available, like Mason McTavish. Maybe William Eklund as well. Yeah, I was going to say William Eklund's the guy I'd have to pick out of that group because he is going to be outstanding at this tournament. I, I, it doesn't matter who you put him with, but I think they're going to end up having him with a guy like Alexander Holtz, who's also a ridiculous talent. And you, you put a center in between them, whoever they want, a guy like Oscar Ellison, who, who really is just this transitional wizard. Like those three could be really fun to watch together. But like you said, Mason McTavish is going to be really interesting for the Canadian team. I think he's he dominated the world under 18s last last year, and he's going to be a really key player for them. Dylan Genther is going to be key for them as well. Um, but I think the two biggest names are are on the Swedish roster with Jesper Wallstedt and, and William Eklund. It's going to be interesting to see Sweden because Sweden has this reputation of always being in there, but failing at the last moment. And I believe they haven't won in what like. It's been a long time since Sweden's won the world. Just over Juniors. a decade, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. It'd be nice to see them break through, but obviously I'm cheering for Canada to win it all because number <laughs> one, I'm Canadian. Number two, I'm covering these games right after on a post-game show yeah. where I haven't been able to talk about too many wins this season because I usually talk about the Montreal Canadiens. So I would like but to get six so more fun. wins by the end of this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, didn't you say, Andrew, that you know, you predict Canada will have as many or maybe more wins than they can the- have more. OK, so as many wins as yes. the Montreal Canadiens so my, have now. Yeah, my prediction is that by the time the World Junior Tournament ends, Canada and the Canadians will have the same number of wins, which is six. 
Oh man. Just watch the just rough. watch the Flyers throw that into chaos tonight. Trust me. <laughs> that's as true. They are the want Canadians are facing another very bad team tonight. But the Flyers have had fits and starts, right? They had that long yeah. losing streak and then they won but one. It it would be very Flyers to mess up this prediction because that's how they are. So this is true. I just I'm just warning you now, Andrew, that you know, it is a very distinct possibility because the Flyers are chaos incarnate. Although hey, Montreal well, Canadiens are the me. ultimate slump busters. So we'll see. Here is my Montreal Canadiens hot take. There will be a player at this tournament that outscores Nick Suzuki currently in the NHL, who has 18 total points. There will be someone at this tournament who will outscore him. Man, that's a hot take that I'm here for. uh, Because I love some offense, and it's going to be a fun time, I can tell. Will it be Mitch I just want to see it. Why not? Like Honestly, it could be. I wouldn't be shocked because he's ridiculously talented. Uh, Mitch Kov, Eklund, I could see doing it. Like it's going to be fun to to watch someone kind of creep into those teens, and I'll message Andrew and be like, "Hey, it's getting close. It's getting close." <laughs> Will anybody ever top Peter Forsberg's scoring record at the World Juniors, though? Probably not, because that it's ridiculous. He's something special, man. That that would, I wasn't around for that. I would like to sit, to clarify that, but <laughs> man, he uh, he he's something special. Yeah, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm looking it up to get the exact numbers right now. Peter Forsberg at the World Juniors. Let's see here. Where is the big one? Yeah, okay. When he was 19 years old, played for Sweden, scored 31 points in seven games. Now, I believe 10 of those were in one game against like Kazakhstan, but still. Yeah. Ridiculous. Peter Forsberg, unstoppable. And one of my favorite players of all time. But uh, yeah, thanks so much, Tony Ferrari, for joining us today and talking about the World Juniors. We're like, I'm super hyped for this tournament. I can't wait to watch good hockey. Because I can't wait to watching. watch <sighs> Team USA lose to Canada, and for me to sit here again on this podcast and be upset about America versus Canada. <laughs> it is I, what I it is. I can't wait for that either, man. <laughs> It'll be yeah, a great I know. bronze medal game. Oh, oh no! Oh, oh no! That's even worse. Don't do this to me. all right before we let you go tony tell everybody where they can find your work uh you can find me on twitter at the tony ferrari i'm usually just lighting up sense fans because that's that's (laughs) something fun i've found uh but most of my work's at the hockey news and sports illustrated so check me out there tons of prospect and draft eligible stuff all right thanks so much for joining us and uh next up we've got our pop pop culture roulette segment this holiday season grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar built bar filled with so much holiday goodness rich with decadent flavor covered in chocolate but amazingly low in calories sugar net carbs and fat and high in protein you get the best of both worlds delicious and healthy so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing will you have a raspberry or mint brownie cherry or double chocolate cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie built bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle out the holiday shoppers or if you're just standing in an endless shopping line Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or your purse, and you never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring don't bring your, up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it, and things can get out of hand. Your friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a little Built Bar flavor. Plus, you've got a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. 
be sure to have a couple napkins on hand. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays? You need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Deliver flavors covered in chocolate. Or different flavors covered in chocolate taste so good you won't believe they're filled with protein. Go to built bar, sorry, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Oh, all right, Mary. That was uh, a lot of built bar talk. I'm hungry now. I haven't eaten lunch yet today. Yeah, same. So uh, let's let's get right into the pop culture segment. I'm excited about this one because we had a very hype episode of Hawkeye this week. Mm-hmm. I did not watch it, but I'm really excited to hear why, because also people were people on my Twitter timeline, on just on social media in general, were popping off because they say that the episode was fantastic. So please, Andrew, tell me why. I am so excited to hear. Okay, before I do, I'm going to put a spoiler warning on this, because I'm going to go full spoilers on this one, because it's hard not to. All right. Like, it's hard to hype it up without going full spoilers. So if you haven't seen Hawkeye Episode 5, please pause this, like the podcast, subscribe, Follow us both on social media, and then once you've finished watching Hawkeye Episode 5, come back to it and listen to our breakdown. So, uh, Yelena Belova from Black Widow, which I don't think you've watched Black Widow, right? No, but I do know of her. (laughs) Yeah, you have to watch Black Widow first. It's very important because you get to know her character and how lovable she is. She's in this one, and at the very beginning of it, she's blipped. Right. So she's snapped out of existence and then she comes right back and it shows the room around her like it's from her perspective. It's the first time they've shown somebody who is snapped having the perspective of being snapped and then coming back. So for her, it's an instantaneous thing. And she watches like the room warp around her as like five years passes by. Oh, that's cool. It's very cool. And immediately the first thing that she thinks of is her sister, Natasha, who, as we know from Endgame, is dead. Rest in the most peace, girl. Yes. So she's like talking to someone else and she's like, oh, I've been gone for five years. I need to talk to Natasha right now and tell her I'm okay. And it's it's just like, oh, your heart just falls, falls out for her. And then it like follows through. She uh, breaks into Kate Bishop's apartment and has a talk with her, which is fantastic. The banter between the two of them where Yelena is just like so calm and Kate Bishop's like, oh, my God, this is a black widow. I'm going to die. And it's just an amazing, amazing scene where Elena's like made macaroni and cheese and she's like, eat, eat. If I wanted to kill you, you'd be dead by now. <laughs> it's really excellent. And then she get, like gets serious at the very end. She's like, where's Clint Barton? I'm going to kill him. Oh. oh, boy. Because she thinks that Clint has killed Natasha. Ah. That's the information that she's been misled with. And the episode goes on. Uh, more plot things happen between the main characters of the show and then because Kate Bishop has said like, Hey, you know, whoever has hired you is probably lying to you because I know that Clint is actually a good man. He would never do what you're saying. So Yelena like doesn't really hint that she believes her, but ends up kind of following back and seeing who has hired her and finds Kate's mom who is with Wilson Fisk. Ah, uh huh. So the the payoff reveal that's been hinted the whole series is paid off. And, so Vincent D'Onofrio is in fact back as Wilson Fisk, which led a lot of people to go crazy. And I saw so many links to the Good Samaritan speech that he did in the first season of Daredevil, which, if you hadn't watched, is one of the most epic scenes in Marvel. 
it like between hit Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio as Daredevil and Kingpin, that Daredevil series is honestly must watch. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, so good. And now people are speculating wildly about what the last episode is going to be. Uh, speculating wildly about who of the Netflix Marvel characters could come back next because Charlie Cox is all but confirmed to be in Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. So which I mean comes out that. which comes out before the final episode of Hawkeye. So yes, there it might be one of those things where it reminds me of. I feel like I hate to I hate to I guess date myself, but um, way back when Agents of Shield was a thing and kind of the precursor to the Netflix like the Marvel Netflix stuff. Uh, they did stuff. They did something like that, where the episode of the show after one of the movies was directly like re- kind of re- semi-related. I don't remember which movie it was, but Marvel has done this kind of thing before, where they're they carefully plan out everything. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of reveal or like you know cameo or something that shows up in the um, in the last episode of Hawkeye that's kind of semi-related to Spider-Man because. That that is how it is with Marvel. They like to do that kind of stuff, and it's you know good Easter eggs for fans and all that. They did, and the the original trailer for No Way Home uh, was they had the same scene in it in the second trailer, and in the second trailer that came out after Hawkeye, they had an ad for Rogers the Musical, which is a part of the Hawkeye series. So it's like there is connections there, and they're putting it out to be like they hit it. And then once Hawkeye was like, okay, this is here now, which is great. I love seeing those connective, the connective tissue between the different parts. Yeah, of the it universe. makes it all feel like the same universe. A hundred percent. And now there's a lot of speculation about like where the Netflix characters could po- uh, poke up next. And for me, uh, I've read interviews where uh, Kristen Ritter has talked about how she would love to play Jessica Jones again. And I know that there's a lot going on for the upcoming She-Hulk series, mm-hmm. but wouldn't it be great if She-Hulk, who is a lawyer, Jennifer Walters, has an investigator at her firm named Jessica Jones, oh, played by Kristen Ritter? That'd be so great. And I'm so excited for the She-Hulk series because uh, my girl, Tatiana Maslany, is in it. Oh, uh, she's so good. She's so good. Please watch Orphan Black if you haven't. I think you have, Andrew. We've talked about this yes. before. But it is so good. Tatiana Maslany is an incredible actress with the amount of work she plays. So I'm super, I'm actually super excited for that just based on the fact that she's, you know, playing the titular character so that's awesome who's to, yeah, it's gonna be really good who's to say if i'll watch uh maybe i'll get on a big marvel binge after uh spider-man tomorrow i'm not sure and maybe i'll binge hawkeye and black widow before the episode next week who's to say maybe i will but uh, we're gonna we're about to find out because i'm super excited for spider-man which is weird to say because like i don't know i think I don't know. I just I've had like, you know, kind of Marvel fatigue a little bit. uh, But it's nice to be hyped about something just in general. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I didn't say it last time, but I finished Final Fantasy 14 and Walker and I'm just a puddle of feelings. uh, So, yeah, that's it. I'm just feeling a lot of things. Also, you can't buy the game now because it's too popular. So sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. We memed on the game too much. Yeah, they had to. They put out a message last night it was like hey we're gonna have to stop selling the game because the queues are so bad and people can't log in so uh it's suffering from success andrew uh and that's great so to- that's kind of i know but it's it's wild to see but it's a it's a great game play it when you can definitely highly recommend but looking forward to spider-man tomorrow though that's gonna be yeah, so on I. tuesday that's gonna be the we we should set aside a whole bunch of time to talk about 
Spider-Man next week. Not not to say we're going to, you know, skim. It might be a half episode about Spider-Man. Yeah, it might be. I don't know. Well, it, we'll have to talk uh, over the weekend about it, Andrew. But I think we kind of deserve to, you know, go wild with the spoilers a little bit for this one just because. I think so, too. I mean, I'm already trying to avoid spoilers online. And, like, I was hyped for Spider-Man before, but just the scope of it made me a little bit nervous. Like, were they taking on too much with all the mm-hmm. villains and obviously the extra Spider-Man, which is not officially confirmed but is basically confirmed yeah uh but i've seen some of like my favorite content creators around the marvel universe talk about watching the premiere and they were like no it's the best spider-man movie of all time if you if you're a big youtube person and use youtube i definitely recommend the chrome app unhooked it basically turns your youtube homepage into uh like a blank slate so if you're worried about getting algorithmed by YouTube, because uh, that is, I've, I w- I've been fearful of that for video games I've played. So I, because I listen to a lot of video game music. Uh, so my recommendations are all just stuff like that. So I definitely recommend that if you're worried uh, that you watch too much Marvel stuff on your YouTube and want to remain as spoiler free as possible, go for that because it's definitely saved my life uh, in the times I did. And I just did it for Endwalker and it, I, I did not get spoiled accidentally just from youtube because that's the worst kind of spoilers the accidental spoiler where it kind of could have been avoided and you just kind of see it randomly and you're like man i really wish i hadn't seen that so yeah uh when i went to see infinity war uh with my wife we had to get like a babysitter when because dylan was just a young kid like very young baby uh and uh we were in a uber to go downtown to see the theater and the uber driver was like oh yeah you guys gonna go see the new avengers movie and this was like opening day Mm -hmm. and the uber driver happened to have seen it on like the midnight showing the day before and he was like yeah this movie's crazy the bad guy wins in this one which i knew was going to happen because i knew about the comic run but my wife didn't (laughs) and she was like hmm and then when the movie got to that point in infinity war where like the snap happens and everybody starts dying my wife is just like bawling and she was like, I thought he was kidding. <laughs> hey, I mean, at least like she took it in stride in that regard. She did. Uh, because there are points where you can be like, you kind of can infer spoilers just based off what you hear. But no, it's good that, you know, I guess her experience wasn't ruined. <laughs> and in fact, she thought he was kidding. So it makes it all the worse. But yeah, but still, yeah. if you're an Uber driver or anybody else, yeah, don't don't spoil industry, it. Just be nice. Don't talk about things. be nice. Be nice. You yeah. know, just be considerate. Be nice. I mean, if people ask for spoilers like me with Hawkeye, then buy ahead. Like, you know, all means do like spoil it for people. But and talk about it. But, you know, if people don't want to be spoiled, just, you know, let them have their experience and then talk about it with them later. Yeah. It's like it, you ever hear like those memes of people like lining up to see a movie and then it's like the the Harry Potter thing uh, when you know people would line up to get the Harry Potter book at midnight and at the end uh, I'm gonna spoil Harry Potter but that's that's a it's been 20 years you know Dumbledore dies the whole thing Uh, yeah it's the same thing same concept don't do that don't be that person just don't do it don't be the person that ruins it for everyone Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're going to talk about it on a podcast like we are next week when we talk about Spider-Man just Put a spoiler warning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... Talking to you, Variety. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, yeah. My sister had mentioned that, that she was like, oh, yeah, Variety had an entire thing about spoilers, but didn't have a very good spoiler warning. So. 
Oh, no, they didn't have any spoiler warning at all until there was a huge backlash. Uh, and then it took them a couple hours to put a little tiny spoiler warning at the top. Oh, I didn't hear that and part. I only a, heard. A lot of people ruined, got the whole movie ruined for them because they went through like the entire plot. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't review. just I wouldn't read reviews or anything until I've actually seen the thing. So that's that's uh, speaking. Same. That's speaking from experience with video games. So don't do that to yourself because you never know what Agreed. people because you never know what people classify as a spoiler. And you might even just get inadvertently spoiled for like emotions you feel if that makes any sense i don't know no no for sure i think this is where like i know there's a lot of criticism lately of rotten tomatoes and like how uh the whole tomato how do you would you say tomatometer the thing the ranking the tomato meter yes tomato meter the ranking yeah yeah is like not a good representative of like movies and how good they are and like sometimes a movie that forces you to think is rated rotten and like it kind of can kill the box office of a movie. But one thing it is good for is like, if you're anticipating a movie and it's rated fresh, you can say, okay, it's going to be good. I don't have to skip this movie, but I don't have to read any reviews yet. Mm -hmm. And if you have favorite reviewers, you can re read those after yeah. and it can help you like critically analyze the movie. Just bookmark I think them. That's one thing that it's good for. Just bookmark them for later. That's what I did with, exactly. um, that's what I did with Endwalker. I bookmarked a whole bunch of things. I was like, I'm not going to read you till later. And then, I read them later. So just, you know, that's perfectly fine. I mean, that's just the way I've curated my fandom experience and basically anything I do nowadays. Um, but some people like to be spoiled when Game of Thrones was a thing. Um, I kind of I listened to a podcast that was all about the spoilers and that it it made it more fun for me because as a book reader uh, and it, by that point, uh, the game, had kind of jumped the shark a bit. So I was just like, all right. Uh, so this is fun, but sometimes it can enhance your, you know, fandom. But sometimes if it's something you really care about, you don't want to be spoiled. Just, you know, lay low. Don't don't click on anything. Save things for later and just go in as best as you can blind. So. Absolutely. All right. That's all we have for you today on the Crosscheck NHL show. Thank you for making the Crosscheck NHL show your first listen every Tuesday and Thursday. Now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, and with expert analysis from and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms.